You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone. Welcome into this week's episode of the BGN Instant Reaction Show. I'm Jesse Taylor, and thank God we're celebrating a win. It was a little bit close in the first half, no contest in the second half. The Eagles made their adjustments at halftime, came out, put the game away in L.A. in what really looked like more of a home game in Los Angeles than it was actually an away game. I'm here, as always, with Rachelle behind the glass. Dives is here with us this week, as well as, uh, as Shane. We're just going to get right into it, talk about all the good stuff. Should we start? Okay, should we start with the good stuff or the bad stuff? I mean... There's not much bad stuff. Do you want to get it out I of the I mean, way? it feels like that's what the people always want. So let's get into it. Well, we can't just be satisfied with 5-0. and That's too simple. We don't have anything to talk about if we're just satisfied with 5-0. and Shane, we went through this last year. It gets boring if there's nothing to talk about. So It's something that Sam and I have talked about a lot on Babes on Broad sort of week in and week out. It's a different game every week, right? Any given Sunday, anybody can play any which way the Eagles now are a team that most other teams have circled on their calendar. This is a team that last year, yes, we thought they were going to be better than the year before we thought they would win the division, but anything beyond winning the division was just bonus, right? Like we needed to see what they were and everything clicked last year. So game planning during the week, it's like, okay, this team's pretty good. But now going into this season with the Eagles roster better on paper than it even was last year, we are getting every team's best shot. So like the New England Patriots, bad football team. We got their best shot. It was a pretty good shot. Did not work. The Minnesota Vikings, not a very good football team, are giving their best shot to right now the Kansas City Chiefs, and also to us week two. The Commanders, not a good football team, gave us their best shot. So we're getting the best out of some of these teams. So it's going to be more competitive. The first half was competitive, but it seemed like Sean Desai decided to check Eagles Twitter at halftime. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's, is he picking up his coaching tips from Twitter now? Um, I don't, I don't know. Like The first <laughs> half works. was really frustrating. Like you got Cooper Cup, who's a top five, top 10 receiver in the NFL and he's catching passes against Nicholas Morrow, a linebacker who was on your practice squad to start the year. And then against UDFA cornerbacks and Eli Ricks and Mario Goodrich. It's like get Slayer Bradbury on this guy. But then you see Bradbury getting dusted by Puka Nakua right before half. And it's like, maybe this secondary just isn't really that good, uh, but it was a nice rebound. And I mean, they get 31 yards on the, the garbage drive at the end of the game there, but, their drives in the second half, 16 yards, 28 yards, 17 yards, three yards. Like, never threatened to score. Uh, I thought it was going to be a shootout at halftime and the Rams get shut out in the second half. And so that's good. That's that's progress. I, I, I'm i still really concerned about this secondary long term, uh, but I did like what I saw in the second half. Dives, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I agree. It was a tale of two halves, just like you said, Jess. Uh, you know, the Eagles uh, definitely adjusted. I can't wait to look at the All-22 after this one. Uh, you know, Ro- uh, Roby and everything that they did. But you saw the Eagles really start to get pressure to Matthew Stafford. I mean, if, if Stafford hits Higby on that route up the middle, we could have a different, different narrative game. going down right now. So uh, just kudos to this Eagles defensive line. Uh, kudos to Brian Johnson kind of adjusting. Uh, I, I thought they did a much better job uh, just, you know, put, you know, running the football, controlling time of possession. Um, I mean, they really shut down Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua in that second half. If you look at Cooper Cup, he had five receptions and 56 yards on the opening drive. Nakua and Cup in the first half, 160 yards combined, two touchdowns. In the second half, six targets, 20 total yards, zero touchdowns. You look at this Rams offense, they were efficient in the first half, 6.5 yards per play. In the second half, they averaged um, 2.6 yards per play. On third down, the Rams were two of six. One of them was a, was a face mask by Zach Cunningham. This Eagles defense stepped up in a big way. Again, there's a lot to dissect here. I thought Slay, Bradbury, Job, across the board were horrible, horrible in the first half. Uh, but wow, uh, the uh, Jalen Hurts, the offense, AJ Brown, um, they they took care of business in the second half and were five and zero. Yeah, I mean, I think it was. It, it didn't look good. It looked like another one where we were going to be sitting on the edge of our seats and watching like this until the clock hit zero, right? Like it looked like what we were going to see the entire game and whatever they did at halftime, whether it was Sean decide checking his Twitter or them just actually figuring it out themselves. They look, they were unbelievable in the second half. They actually started getting a little bit more pressure on Matthew Stafford. And, and you said it, that if he hits Tyler Higby on that slant over the middle, we are talking about a Totally, totally, totally different game. But the amount of pressure that they were able to generate in the second half, which they were not getting in the first half, really was able to screw up what they were, what the Rams were doing on offense, and they were not able to adjust on the fly to to this Eagles defensive front. Yeah, that's that's the difference, right? Like last week, we saw uh, kind of the same story. There's some similar kind of vibes, similar themes uh, with Brian Johnson and not being aggressive in the red zone. We'll get there. Um, but like this defensive line, they weren't really getting home against Sam Howell, against the commanders. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Shane, but I, I thought Josh Sweat, Jalen Carter, uh, they were in that, especially in that second half, they were all over Matthew Stafford, man. That was the difference. The, the front four getting pressure consistently uh, was the difference. And I think that was really, truly what took out Cooper Cup and yeah, the, the Eagles got lucky on a few plays. And there were some bonehead mistakes. You talked about the face masks. Uh, there, there, there definitely some, you know, the drop interception. Uh, we won by two scores. It could have been even worse uh, had some of the second half mistakes not happened because, you know, J- uh, Jalen Hurts missed a, a wide open Quez Watkins in the end zone. You had another face mask by Reed Blankenship. Uh, Nicholas Morrow dropped an interception that hit the ground. Um, you had Josh Sweat strip Nakua on a third and 10. And all Nicholas Morrow needs to do is fall on the football. And he can't do that. There were missed opportunities. Um, and that just speaks to how much the Eagles truly dominated in the second half. In Jalen's defense, I'm not throwing that ball to Quez Watkins either. 
No, <laughs> he probably would drop it anyway, right? Jalen Smith. I don't hold that against him even. even That's what I, I said that on Twitter. Is like the announcers are saying that he missed Watkins. Did he he? could have just seen Watkins and been like, you know, I think this throw, this contested catch ball on the run to Devonta Smith. With nowhere to go, decision. that's got a higher that's got a higher probability of a completion than throwing it to Quez Watkins. Why in the wide open? <laughs> I mean, I did. See, I saw something on Twitter earlier this week. I could not tell you who it was from, but you know, I, I know Quez Watkins been hurt, but like, what has he done that he should have been? inserted right back into the game plan the way he was instead of just letting it ride out with Alameda's. Yeah. I mean, nothing. What, like, what was the, why, why, like, I don't understand why that was the, why that was the logic there. But I personally, if that was my decision, I would not have just put Quez Watkins right back in there. I know he was hurt and that's why he wasn't in there, but it's been working and working well. And I would venture to say that Zacchaeus would not have dropped that. What ball. the Eagles like about, Quez Watkins is his speed, which brings field stretching ability. But I mean, the problem is that that's pretty redundant when AJ Brown has just become your deep ball guy or Devonte Smith. I mean, either one of those guys have been really good downfield, but then beyond that, the, the screen pass on third down, like you're down in the red zone. You're not able to threaten as a field stretcher because there's no field to stretch. And Watkins doesn't run good routes. He doesn't play through contact. Well, so like, even if you're if you're he doesn't follow yeah, if you're not going to make Alameda Zacchaeus your primary, you know, your wide receiver three, you should at least be using Alameda Zacchaeus in the red zone and, and using Quez Watkins when you're, you know, midfield or further away. Yeah, um, I'm looking at the stats here. Quez Watkins has four receptions for 21 yards this year. The dude is a deep threat. What what are we like? He shouldn't even be on the football field. To be honest, like I'd rather just throw throw Zacchaeus in there as for his run blocking. Uh, you know, he's playing the role of Oz, and I don't understand it one bit. I think there was something I forget what it was. Was it Zacchaeus had? I was it sixty nine yards last week or in the last two games, and I think Quez has like sixty five yards in the last nine games total, or something like that. Like I don't understand why that was in an immediate switchback. I just felt like that was unnecessary, and the that's this is this comment's absolutely correct. Like the, the the bubble screen was enough. Like you have one of the biggest wide receivers in AJ Brown and Devonte Smith, who is like weirdly a really good blocking wide receiver. Even though that should never be his like number one thing, but he's weirdly very good at blocking. I mean, get the first down, get upfield. Why are you? What are you doing? And also, if you, I'm sorry, if you're out there for speed, you should be faster than that man coming after you, and still get the first down. Figure it out. Yeah, I, I don't need to see Quez Watkins anymore. I, I'm really glad that he's on the last year of his contract, and he'll be playing on a different football team next year. I've got about 20 wide receivers scouted in 2024, so. Count, count that as a lock for the Eagles in day two. Day <laughs> I can't wait to hear all about it. Um, okay, so while we're on the offense, because I think we pretty much, we we exhausted our issues with the defense. Um, our issues with the offense. I thought this week, I will say, the, the opening drive of the game, personally, I thought was Brian Johnson's best drive of the season. The red zone play calling is still abysmal. Yeah, it... 
it's time for Nick Sirianni to take over red zone play calling. Yeah. Brian yes. John- and I think Brian Johnson's doing a good job until you get to the red zone. I, like there's a lot of people yes. that are frustrated with Brian Johnson on the whole and I don't agree with that. I think he's done a good job. I thought he did a spectacular job today until you get to the red today zone. Really and good. I don't know like anecdotally I, I I don't I haven't charted this out, but anecdotally I feel like they go super pass happy in the red zone and it doesn't work out. But even down like the last drive and I'm totally fine with you playing for a field goal because you're up six going up nine with six minutes left. is huge as a two possession game field goal or touchdowns, not that big of a deal. Like I'd like the touchdown, but I'm okay with kicking a field goal, but to have ridden Deandre Swift down to the red zone. And then on first down, you call a QB draw, not from empty where you're spreading them out with a running back in the backfield where they're all in the box. Cause they think you're going to run anyways. There's no reason to get your quarterback hit. Second down, you hand it off to Kenny Gainwell, who, uh, if we check the box score, Kenny Gainwell today averaged what? Uh, 2.4 yards per carry, and he gets nothing, shockingly. Then you call a timeout, and you come out with yet another QB run with a running back in the back. Like, just, I'm fine running it. Hand the ball to DeAndre Swift. He's your best runner. There's no reason. You you have resisted getting Jalen Hurts hit all season. Why? with a game almost totally on, on ice, are you calling two design QB runs? And not even from, not even like this isn't going empty and they spread out and we check to it at the line. This was your play call. It, that's stupid, stupid play calling. Uh, and it's not just that. That's just the most recent one that got me really fired up. But it's time for Nick Sirianni to take over red zone play calling. Yeah, I don't understand it. Like what's the point of bringing in Rashad Penny, you know, a guy that could, absolutely move the chains in that kind of situation. But at what point do the Eagles need to see or say enough is enough with Gamewell in these red zone situations? The Eagles were, uh, their success rate last year was 68% in the red zone. Coming into this week, it was 46%. They were the 26, uh, the Rams coming into this with their red zone defense was 26 best uh, red zone defense at 70%. The Eagles were two of six. Two of six today. That's not good enough. I, I completely agree with Shane. There needs to be adjustments. Uh, Swift, uh, I, I, the, like going to Quez on that bubble screen was a freaking joke. I don't know if that was in the, the red zone or what, but like the play calling has been atrocious. Like how many drives today did we see? 75-yard drives, six, seven, eight-minute drives, and just go nowhere as soon as they hit the 20, 10-yard line. Um Probably four. four. That's just, the, the four. The four where they did that. The did yeah, they did not score. They were two for six in the red zone. We saw four of those drives. The, the Eagles had a 15 play, 56 yard field goal drive, a seven play, 75 yard interception drive, 17 play, 83 yards for a field goal, 10 plays, 72 yards for a field goal. Jake Elliott is the season MVP so far, and you cannot change my mind. I have I have bet and will continue to bet until they change the lines. Jake Elliott over one and a half field goals. I, it was down to like negative 160 this week. They can make it negative 350, and I will bet that every single week until Nick Sirianni takes over red zone play calling. Let me ask you this. How many points did the New York football Giants score today? Because does Jake Elliott still have more points on the season than the, all of the New York football Giants as a whole? They scored 16, but I'm not sure what that total tally is at right now. How many did Jake have today? 12? He had 
what was it? Uh, because it might be. I'll find it. It was forty-eight. For, it was forty-eight forty-six. So Jake had forty-eight. The Giants had, had three 46. field goals. So nine there, two okay, touchdowns. So they, 10, 11. 11. I can't do that math in my head that fast. Forty-six plus sixteen is sixty-two. Forty-eight plus eleven is fifty. Okay, so he, they've scored. They've scored one more field goal more than Jake Elliott has scored. Congratulations to the New York Football Giants on your moral victory of. Didn't the week. Daniel Jones go out with an injury today? I could be wrong. Yeah, he got. <laughs> Who were they playing? The Miami the Dolphins. Dolphins. Who did not look very good, and they still probably lost. Here's an interesting question, though. This is, has nothing – well, I mean, it does have to do with the Eagles, but one of the comments that we have down here is, "Who? I don't care who wins, but who do we want to lose more tonight, the 49ers or the oh, Cowboys? Can both teams <laughs> lose? Who? Wait, you say it's easy, Dives. Where, which way do you uh, lead? Who do you think – who is it better for the, to win tonight? Well, it, it's, who is it better or who do I want? Those are two different things. Uh, I, I want the Niners. Both. I want the Niners to lose because I'm I am I hate the Niners so much. Uh, that that is a game I've circled on my calendar since the schedule release. Uh, they're unstoppable. They're unstoppable, and uh, they need to be punched in the mouth a little bit. Uh, I'm not worried about the Cowboys one bit. So for me, it's got to be the Niners. Yeah, I, I I think it's better. I mean, the goal is get the one seed, and so I think it's better for the Eagles if the Cowboys win tonight, but either way, like if the Cowboys win tonight, the Eagles have a game on the one seed. And if the 49ers win, the Eagles are undefeated with the two game lead in the division. So like either outcome is good, uh, but I do think it would be slightly better for Eagles fans. If the Cowboys win tonight. I don't know. I just, there's nothing in my being that will ever let me be like, yeah, I want that team with the star to come out on top. There's nothing about the way that I was raised. Can I interest you in a two to zero game where Dak throws seven interceptions but wins? That you can understand. <laughs> that I will take. That will that will bring me a lot of joy, actually, in a weird way. <laughs> even though it's a even though it's a Cowboys win. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. 
That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, so through five games, the Eagles are 5-0. and We've screamed about something every week because it's not a pretty 5-0, and and they still have not played their best football. However, we keep saying they haven't even played their best football, and, you know, there's still so much they, they can improve on. And this, How long do we give it? How many weeks do we give it before we – cut the crap and say, okay, maybe this is just what they are and what we have to live with. Uh, one more because then they play the Dolphins and you're going to find out real quick. But do you really think, do you think the Dolphins are that ser- that legit? Yeah. Do you see the way they played against the New York football giants today? Well, I didn't get to watch that one, but I it think they're a pretty good, good team. How many interceptions did Tua end up throwing? At least two. Yeah. I, I don't know. I so I, w- I was camping this weekend and I was driving Ooh. back during the early game, so I didn't get to watch them. But I'll have to check it out later. I, yeah, I, I give them at least a few because you look at that schedule: the you know the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Bills, the Niners, the Cowboys, the Seahawks. Um, th- that's the stretch. I think that's what like week twelve, something around there. So I give them a couple more weeks uh, with Jalen Hurts and Brian Johnson to keep getting on the same page, running more twelve personnel. Uh, running, you know, getting better in those RPOs. Um, I, you know, there have been flashes uh, for Jalen Hurts today, no, especially with those with his legs. Yeah, like he made some great throws. Um, you know, it's just not been <laughs> all there through four quarters. Uh, there's been some frustrating yeah. mistakes uh, on both sides of the of the football field. So, um, you know, how many penalties did they have today? That they cleaned up the penalties today at least because they had 11 last week. Um, so I'm glad to see that yeah. get better. Uh, I thought the pass protection was much better today. Correct me if I'm wrong, Shane. Was it? Be- what do you think? Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought Jalen Hurts had all day to throw. Um, the Eagles only had three turnovers for th- or three turnovers. Sorry, three penalties for 35 yards. One of them was a totally bogus face mask on that third and 26. But uh, clean the penalties up. Thought pass protection was good. I mean, I I thought it, it's nice to see Hurts running again. And now I want him to chill a little bit. Like, let's find that happy medium. I thought we got a little too run and take hits happy there. Um, I thought he, he's he's still bailing from pockets he should not be leaving. But if he is willing to run the ball when he does that, it's no longer a negative. Like, that's what I kind of talked about on the EPA podcast this week is he was doing this last year. He was just willing to run. And so you took the good with the bad and it's a net good, but he hadn't been running this year. He'd been going down, avoiding contact, which is good for longevity, but it makes that leaving the pocket stick out more. He's still doing it. He started to run a little bit. I wonder if it's road game that's tight. And so you're doing that and we back off of that. I 
I would feel like to think yes, but then we're dialing up QB draws, like I said, at the end of the game. So I don't really know what we're doing on that. But it was also really nice to see Dallas Goddard get involved in the passing game. Uh, Thank God. I Amen. mean, I talked about this week, like name a, name a Rams linebacker. And, and you just watched him play and you probably still can't do it. Like Dallas Goddard, that should have been a Dallas Goddard game. And it was, he ends up eight receptions, 117 yards and a touchdown. And there was a really good play that I, I didn't get the clip out because I was getting another one out and Twitter was being really slow posting clips, but it was a blitz and there's a free runner coming and Hertz and Goddard both identified that and Goddard just like took two steps and turned around and Hertz hits him and you get six yards against a blitz. And that's not something the Eagles did previously. And I thought early in the game, especially Hertz was really good at getting up to the line using his cadence to get the defense to tip where the pressure was coming from and then adjusting. And that's, that's the strides that I want to see the offense make. If you just don't watch the red zone, the offense is so much better the last two games than it was last season. Now you have to watch the red zone because you have to score in the red zone and hopefully they figure that out. But between the twenties, I really like what I've seen from the Eagles the last two weeks. I really like that. I mean, Dallas Goddard had his best game of the year, no question. Uh, but also, like, one of my favorite plays from Goddard today uh, was third, fourth quarter. I don't – correct me if I'm wrong, but it was a third and five, and uh, he had an amazing block that opened up a giant hole for DeAndre Swift for 17 yards. Uh, that was a massive, massive play for the Birds. Um, and, you know, that, that's, that was a play that I remember uh, was Dallas Goddard not just – getting it done as a, as a receiver, but um, he's played a lot of snaps this year, but, and it's good to see him finally get his due because um, he's running routes. The ball's just not coming to him. And the Eagles are just completely neglect the middle of the field. We, we saw them kind of attack the middle of the field today. And then that's a good thing. Yeah. They're really starting to expand a little bit further and you're starting to see everything get a little bit more confident as the weeks go on, but you need to see it consistently. Like you need to be able to still get the ball to, you know, obviously, you know, they're, the networks are trying to make something out of nothing, right? Like you see like Devonte Smith walk up the sideline. You see Nick Sirianni standing there talking to him. And again, they've all kind of said, and Devonte Smith is, is no different. You know, we had this conversation last year when, you know, AJ Brown went off in the first week and then Devonte Smith came back and had the 100 yard game the next week. There are so many places that the Eagles can attack the offensive side of the, of the field that one week, it's just, not going to be your day. You're just not going to have the same amount of no same numbers that you had the week before. That was a Devonte Smith type of day today. But if they can figure out a way to still get Devonte Smith a little bit more involved than he was today, then this offense, the way yeah. that they played today, and you can incorporate that a little bit more, plus cleaning up the red zone issues. That's the the offense that's going to you know carry you through the rest of the season and be really really successful. Yeah, uh, if you, this is not a gambling podcast. But if you're so inclined, uh, Devonta Smith over receiving yards next year is going to be a great or next week is going to be a great bet because he was frustrated today. The Eagles have made it a point to get that guy involved early next week. Sauce Gardner is going to be on A.J. Brown, uh, Devonta Smith over. I don't know what it's going to be set at, but that one I'm definitely one I'm going to look at. Uh, and also wanted to mention last year, Hassan Reddick started the year slow, right? Got his first sack of the year against Washington got to the next week. Like we're on the same arc this year. Now Washington was a week later this year, but he gets his first sack against Washington goes back to back sacks in this game. Now, yes, the last one was against a backup right tackle. He got chip blocked and was like running parallel to the ground. And 
and ice really ices that game. I know there was still gameplay after that, like five minutes, but uh, after that, after he got started last year, he only had three games where he didn't get a sack last season, which one of those was week 17. So hopefully we see Hassan Reddick start to go on a tear. I think he's played better than people give him credit for. They're just used to seeing the sacks, but uh, Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick both playing really good, even though they're not racking up a ton of sacks right now. And Jalen Carter now with three and a half sacks in five games. Three and a half sacks. Do you remember talking about this before the season, Shane? Like our, our sack prediction for Jalen Carter. The guy's blowing every projection out the window, man. It's amazing how amazing Jalen Carter is. Uh, week after week after week delivering. I think he had, what, two sacks today? Yeah, two, two sacks. sacks. And I, I I forget. I looked the stat up. I forget what it was exactly now, but it's something like every out of all the first round defensive tackles in the last decade, only two of them have gotten over five. It's either five or over six. I can't remember sacks their rookie season. One of them was Aaron. I was going to say one of them has to be Aaron. <laughs> and I think the other one was like Duran or Jonathan. It was somebody. One of the commanders, guys. I can't remember which one. <laughs> one of those guys that they have down there. Yeah. Um, I still, one of my favorite video clips until the end of time will probably be the Chicago Bears war room fist bumping like fourth round draft pick <laughs> instead of Jalen Carter. <laughs> Good work, guys. Like, so J- Jalen Carter had four tackles, two sacks, two tackles for loss, two quarterback hits. Aaron Donald. Uh, had four tackles, and that's it. At, at all of it. I can't stop smiling, guys. I can't stop smiling. That was the – it was – okay, so here's the stat. Every first-round defensive tackles in the last decade, Ed Oliver had five, Deron Payne had five, Aaron Donald had nine. Those are the only three guys with five or more sacks as a rookie. He's special, man. He's special. That, the, 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 the second one he had where he threw Stafford down um, – <laughs> It's acceleration twitch um, off the line of scrimmage, man. It's just different. It's just And while we are on the topic of defensive tackles and and Aaron Donald and another another interesting stat, Jeff Stoutland as the Aaron Donald eraser. Aaron Donald in five (laughs) games against the Philadelphia Eagles has zero sacks, one tackle for loss, and six quarterback hits in five games against the Eagles. And the Eagles started backup interior offensive linemen in multiple of those games, today being one of them. Fun fact. It's incredible. And I think they say what well, it's the Eagles are one of two teams he's never got a sack against. Uh, I can't That's remember insane. who they said the other one was, but yeah. Um, Parsons has played three games against the Philadelphia Eagles. He's only got half a sack. I don't understand it. Like, it, what I don't it, whether it's Jeff Stoutland or what, um, but they ha- always seem to have a game plan. They always seem to have a game plan um, against these uh, uh, elite pass rushes. Man, it's crazy. Yeah, and um, I will say it's going to be interesting to face the Jets next week as well because the Jets are feeling themselves a little bit after uh, after beating the Broncos and uh, after <laughs> you know that that was their Super Bowl just beating Sean Payton after all the trash that he was talking. So. I had a I had a meme ready to go for a, after the Jets won this game of Sean Payton looking angry on the sideline with the headline Sean Payton can't hack it. <laughs> I was just hoping they would lose so I could tweet it and they did. So yay nice. me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so I have to point out one other thing here before we get into please. three words and all that cuz 
I mean, you know we're going to bring it up and talk about Special it. Special teams? I mean, that punter for the that punter for the Rams looks pretty good, doesn't he? Seventh round draft pick out there punting the ball 60 yards, four and a half seconds of hang time. What's your point? All I'm saying, all I'm saying, just give me a punter. <laughs> you want Howie to use one of his 15 draft picks on a punter? Yes. Okay. Just go get me you a heard punter. It here first. I don't even know that guy's name. I've never heard his name before. But go get me that guy. That guy. Okay. You heard it here first. Howie Roseman, please draft a punter. See, you're going to send Howie right back into a spiral, and he's going to take a punter in the second round and send the whole city ablaze. <laughs> oh, that's then, we're de- then we're deleting all of these, so nobody blames me for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jalen Hurts also has not been showing lots of emotion, as he typically doesn't. He's not a he, – he, he is very – just – very stone-faced all the time. Last week, we saw some really serious emotion from him after that touchdown to A.J. Brown, the second one, uh, because he finally, I think, figured, felt like some things were clicking. And usually he starts kind of like talking to Eagles fans and firing up the crowd a little bit when he runs off. There is a video clip of him leaving the field today where he's sort of like, you can tell he's like, I'm back a little bit and he's feeling good. So I would love to see him go on a tear as well and just be himself. Um, All right. So let's, while we're talking about Twitter and clips and Shane's memes and we're going to- Ethan Evans. That's the punter's name. From It's from Wingate. It's literally the second player they've ever had drafted. I don't even know what state (laughs) Wingate is in. I've never heard of it Could you let me know how many punters were even drafted this year like do you even have that yes. information because i would like i think it was like three I... and do you think any of the punters from like the big name schools get drafted or are they just like are they most like udfas like, what... i don't know i i'm gonna i'm gonna start grinding out punter film just for the memes this comment is unbelievable Knowing Howie, he'd find some punter who never played football before and has only ever done Mongolian goat kicking or some shit, and then he becomes the best kicker in the league. And with that, I wish we could just say, and with that, go birds, goodbye. We have to get to three words, but then... You can read it again at the end if you want I might have to read it again to sign us off with that one. But let's bring in Rachel. I was I was right, by the way. Three punters drafted this year. That's unbelievable. And next year, Howie's at least going to be be drafting one if if Shane gets what he wants. All right. So let's bring in Rachel. We'll talk about the <laughs> times is like absolutely not. We'll talk about the three words. What? Who's getting fired? Let us know who's getting fired. We almost made it through the whole episode without anybody getting fired, but I did just see one pop up, Brian Johnson. And so, I mean, no surprise there. Somebody also asked that they leave Quez Watkins there. Um, <laughs> that's fine. No surprise there at all. Somebody asked to trade for Patrick Sertain. Sertan. So Never that one's interesting. A pretty complete game. Red zone offensive troubles stress-free win question mark i asked dives before we started streaming if he was stressed i mean not as much stress for me personally compared to last week but what were you guys levels jess and uh shane so my biggest stressor is being concerned about my my friend sam and the the eagles sending her into labor by stressing her out so i was just like oh god eagles please get this together because I don't need Sam to all of a sudden start contracting and have to rush to the hospital because 
you're sending her into labor. She's not in labor. Everything was fine. The Eagles scoring a touchdown right before the half, she said she was able to relax. So that helped me relax. The first half, I was a little bit stressed. And I was like, Jesus Christ, we're going to be in a shootout here. And the shootout doesn't concern me. It's the defense just needing to make the one stop. That's what was concerning enough to me in the first half. But, I mean, the Sean Desai pulled his head out of his butt, and so did the rest of the secondary. So that was – it was – I was not nearly as stressed this week as I had been the last – I mean, the last four weeks, really. I was calm at the end of the game. Yeah, I – the Eagles were pretty firmly in control that whole second half. I thought I was preparing myself for like a barn burner at halftime. Uh, I did a halftime, a quick halftime show of dives. And I was like, Eagles can't punt the whole second half or they're going to lose the game. Like you're going to have to score every possession. That's what I was preparing myself for. So uh, I was glad that it didn't turn into that. It started kind of crazy, man. You had the the face mask, you had the interception <laughs> in that second half. It, there were times in, at the start of that third quarter, especially. Uh, that it got it was a little hairy, but um, you look at the Eagles running backs the last three series, 14 carries for 71 yards, five yards per carry, man. Kudos to the birds. Yeah, it feels and they were like just it not getting out of possession, which was also like that was the other thing. Like, even if they weren't walking away with points every single time or a touchdown every single time, the way that they were dominating the time of possession, if they were just able to keep sort of adding little chunks, even if they weren't six, they were able to keep adding little chunks here and there. The, there was no way the Rams were going to be able to catch them because of the way that they dominated time of possession. What was it? At one point, in like at the beginning of the fourth quarter, it was like 34 minutes to like 17. Mm. There's no contest there. Yeah, it ended up being 30, just under 38 minutes, 37.55 to 22.05 time of possession. No contest. I'm going to need the Eagles to give the ball to their opponents more frequently so Jalen Carter can break the rookie sack record. Amen, brother. If the offense can stay on the field that long and they come out fresh, there's no question in my mind he could. What is it, nine? We talked about nine. Well, so in the last 10 years for defensive tackles, it's nine with Aaron Donald. Got it. I'm not what sure, is the – Yeah, I'm not sure what the all-time rookie record is. and I'm sure it would be an edge rusher. NFL rookie sacks. Keep him fresh because he's right. going to be – Devon Curse, 14 and a half 14 sacks and in 1999. But that's, not a, that's wow. not a defensive tackle. Okay. okay, NFL rookie. How do we defensive tackle? Most sacks by defensive tackle in their rookie season. I'm, not, I'm not sure how to find that. I'll have to try to look around. For I'm going to say I'm going to have to work a little bit harder because it's still giving me Javon Curse. Yeah. He was most not definitely awful. not a defensive tackle. No. <laughs> okay, so uh, Brian Johnson's getting fired. Anybody else getting fired or – being left in California? Uh, no, just somebody said need more touchdowns and then everything else. Oh, somebody said uh, trade for Buddha. But other than that, oh, no, okay. Uh, rehire Shane Steichen. I mean, yeah. Have you seen what he's doing in Indy? I would love Shane Steichen yeah. to walk back through that door. And that's not even a, that's not even a slight to Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson would love Shane Steichen to walk back through that door. I don't think there's many people that wouldn't love of Shane Steichen to walk back through that door. Jonathan Gannon, however, he can stay where he is. He's fine. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. I just can't. <laughs> we need that, that, we need that sound bite in our stream yard that we can just play. <laughs> we definitely need it. I'm going to find I it. I have it. I can send it to you. 
Please. Okay. I, and you know what? I don't even want to know when it's coming up. I just need someone to hit a button. Brandy. So it just, it just comes up every now and then to keep, to keep us going throughout this. I, I got mean, you. The Eagles are five and oh, there are some things that are, you know, frustrating here and there, but today was probably the closest thing to a complete game on both sides of the ball that they have played. It was not a full four quarters, granted, but it was the closest thing I think that they've had on both offense and defense to being at the best level that they could be at so far. Like this, this I think that second half was probably their best performance to date. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, you know, you, you would like to string that whole game together at some point and that hasn't happened yet, but, as long as you can do it for a hat, as long as you can play like even football and then put it away in a second half. And the Eagles seem to be really good at putting it away in the second half. So uh, no problems there on my end. I love just seeing the Eagles like grind the game out and just like squash their opponent's souls. It's great. Yeah, we saw, we definitely saw the Eagles get better in pass protection this week. Um, I'm kind of shocked. They didn't really commit to the run. Uh, until late in the third quarter. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, the Eagles are, you know, a, a cleaning up the red zone offense away from being a top five, top three offense. That's, you know, they're putting up yards, they're putting up points. Uh, and it's scary to think how good this Eagles offense could be if they start getting home uh, once in the red zone. So uh, that'll get cleaned up. Um, they didn't play anything in the preseason. Um, they're five and oh. Uh, what you'd like to see as well is this Eagles pass rush um, uh, continually uh, getting better. Uh, Jalen Carter, Josh Sweat had a game. Hassan Reddick, uh, if this is <laughs> kind of uh, a pattern, the fact that we have Hassan Reddick starting to cook these last two weeks, we all know what that means for opposing offenses. Uh, so that is a huge development. Uh, so overall, uh, if this defensive line can continue to um, cook, it'll help the Eagles secondary, give them some time to figure things out. Um, because Bradbury slay, um, there are definitely signs that I'm not okay with, um, that these guys are making significant amount of money. Um, and I, I think, uh, we all agree that they should be better. Uh, so, um, it's all progress. What you want to see is progress, 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 as we get into the meat of this Eagles schedule. And I think we're seeing it. I definitely think we're seeing it, um, top to bottom. Yeah, A.J. Brown said, you know, last week he said, you know, who wants to be playing their best football in October? And he's right. And it, 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 that's, you know, you have to be playing your best football as it gets into that December and January time frame. And we go through it every year, you know, nationally watching, you know, it, everyone talks a little bit here and there. Should we be worried about the Kansas City Chiefs? Every year, every year around this point, that's a topic of conversation. I think it was Mina Kimes who came on and goes, I love this being a yearly tradition of me coming in and saying, no, no one should be worried about the Kansas City Chiefs in October. And if the Eagles continue to improve, that's they're going to be on the same wavelength. That if you know the Kansas City Chiefs are obviously the they're the standard of the NFL, right? Like it's what every offense aspires to sort of be in some capacity because they're the best offense in the NFL. So, you know, no, the Eagles don't want to be playing their best football in October. And if we're worried about the Eagles, you know, this month this much at five and zero in October. I, I don't, I, I don't really know what to tell you if you're, if you're that concerned about one of the two remaining undefeated teams in the NFL and 
you know, if you two get your way, it'll be the only undefeated team in the NFL by 11 o'clock. And it could be so much worse. Like, I can't wait oh to tune into all the national coverage tomorrow because this was a challenge for the Eagles, especially like the secondary. And I thought that there was going to be so much more damage when it came down to Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup. And so, yeah, Cooper Cup, like he he looked good in his regular season debut after his injury, but it could have been so much worse. And so they do deserve credit with this banged up uh, secondary that's just a weakness and continues to struggle. Like, to be able to limit them as much as they did in the second half is impressive. And so the concerns that the Eagles really have red um, red zone offense and like um, the secondary, I feel like compared to some of the other teams, it could just be so much worse. It could be so much worse. The Eagles also beat the Rams with Cooper Cup uh, by more than the 49ers beat him. Like the Rams are a much better team than people thought that they were going to be at, you know, they had the second lowest win total preseason win total in the NFL at six and a half. And I was on the under for that. Like the Rams were supposed to be awful and they just aren't. And they took the, they took the 49ers to a seven point game. They, the Eagles beat them by nine. Like they're a good team. I think, I think the Ram there's a pretty good shot. The Rams are going to end up in the playoffs. I can see it. This, this was also, uh, I, it doesn't really mean much, but this was an amazing uh, tush push game as well. Like all the noise that we've heard over the last like eight hours going on with injury data. I'm sure the NFL will be cracking down on Jason Kelsey and his helmet coming off and all that bullshit. Um, but uh, the, the Eagles finished 13 of 18 on third down. How many twitch pushes did we have in this one? At least a handful, right? By, by the way, I don't like, know. next level thinking by Nick Sirianni and Brian Johnson to call the tush push on third and three. <laughs> and then on fourth and two to fail two times, like the game's over. Just bring that success rate down. And then at the end of the year, you'd be like, it only worked like 60% of the time. Like, I think they should start in game. Other teams kneel the ball. I think the Eagles should put Marcus Mariota in and run tush pushes instead of kneel downs. Just bring that success rate down. Anytime you get the opportunity. It wasn't 92.5 to start the day, the success rate for the Philadelphia Eagles on the tush push. I will also say, I am on record. I tweeted this, and I absolutely mean it. If the Eagles win the Super Bowl, I will absolutely get brotherly shove tattooed on my body. <laughs> I it. That's not true. Yeah. I will 100% do that. And uh, also because they're probably going to like outlaw it after the season, if the Eagles just like run it all over everybody and win it, freaking Super Bowl based on the goddamn brotherly shove. You bet your ass I'm getting that tattooed on my body forever. <laughs> and it is what it is. And I then I don't even care. Um yeah, it, how many There were my favorite part about it is though how much people are complaining about it and then the Eagles just go out and do it, especially when they like go out and line up in it and the Rams are like, "No, no, no, time out. We need to fix it." back out and they just line up in it again and still get it it's also hilarious that like as someone who watches like college football religiously i've seen the tush push probably about 20 times the last few weeks like every team is doing it like every everywhere. Team's doing it everywhere <laughs> it's not my fault that the other 31 quarterbacks are weak and can't squat 600 pounds jalen hurts doesn't even need to be pushed his tree trunk legs do it themselves <laughs> like, i know get some protein shakes or something. i don't Lift a weight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
as someone as someone who lifts weights religiously and drinks protein shakes and it doesn't make it and it doesn't make a difference i'm offended by these comments you would never know it listen just because the other 31 quarterbacks are not as good as jalen hurts does not mean that 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 that, that he should be they just need to get rid of it like what are what do you mean Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? These little slant routes to Cooper Cup, they're they're happening too much. They're too successful. They're not allowed to do those anymore. I yeah. I said earlier today. So 90% of their offense. The Giants got a guy hurt, two guys hurt on a failed attempt yeah. last week. And um mm-hmm. or Thursday, whatever it was. Last week. Last week on Monday night. They played the Monday night game. And so that was the whole thing. Like the league was looking into it or whatever. I was like, you know, if we're just gonna ban things other teams are bad at. We can go ahead and ban that for the Cal or for the for the Giants. We might as well ban hiring head coaches for the Commanders. They're really bad at that. And let's just ban divisional playoff games for the Cowboys because they're really bad at those. So really bad. There was the one replay when Kelsey's helmet fell off. It, they slowed it down, and they're dogs, man. Like they they are and like when they get low, and you saw Kelsey and Dickerson and. Um, Opata, like they were just ripping people apart. They moved like three or four yards. It wasn't like a, a yard. They just pushed the entire line forward, like a, a rugby match. That's the crazy part. It's not even like a yard or inches. They're getting these by a mile. It's not even remotely close. It's no. wonderful. It's wonderful. Okay, I can't read that comment again because. <laughs> There was another comment in here about Cooper Cup that if you didn't see that and see me with my head in my hands laughing, you need to go back and watch that clip because, my God, that was funny. I'm not reading that out loud, though. (laughs) No, don't read that. I'm not not reading it, but if you watch this on YouTube, I don't even – it was like six minutes ago. It's like the 40-minute mark. Go take a look. It'll make you laugh. But the Eagles are 5-0. We somehow still figured out a way to talk for 45 minutes, even though there really isn't that much bad to talk about. But we will be back next week to debrief on the whole matchup with the Jets. We'll see how that goes, how Zach Wilson plays, how Sauce Gardner plays over A.J. Brown. If they get Devontae Smith involved, as we were all talking about, we'll see what that looks like. But as of right now, the Eagles are 5-0. and Maybe by the end of the night tonight, they'll be the only undefeated team left in the NFL. We'll see. The tush push is still successful. The Eagles are better than your team. I'm sorry. Not that sorry. The Phillies play tomorrow. All the vibes in Philadelphia are good. Don't turn on the Sixers. It'll just make you sad probably. But other than that, we will talk to you next week. Thanks for joining us. For myself, Dive, Shane, and Rachelle, go Birds, and we will talk to you next week. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.